0: Just gonna kind of be among friends today as we sit here and ponder the world situation. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today on the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Beerman today. Bob Beerman's been having quite a time getting his surgery in and he had it postponed and so that kind of fouled up the scheduling as far as he had everything just perfectly lined up. And so we had to kind of do a little bit more scrambling. And I'm just so glad I'm able to help Bob. And I'm just really honored to sit in today on Truth to Ponder. And my voice is still not quite right. Most of the listeners know that I got into some mold and it was my fault. Breathing in a bunch of mold is not a good thing. And so you're going to have to listen to a little bit of scratchy voice today and I do apologize but I want to just talk about the world what a mess I'm really ready for Jesus to return and I imagine you are too because we need it folks things are just totally out of hand and many times I use analogies to try to make a point point. and I'm gonna ask you if you've ever driven on ice but have you ever been driving and all of a sudden you feel that you have lost control of your car? Just that little sick feeling is you just know, you kind of feel it from the seat of your pants that you are no longer in control of your vehicle. And of course you try to regain control. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. But in this instance, my analogy, we're not going to regain control. I hope you've never experienced that sickening feeling when not only are you out of control, you know that you're not going to get your vehicle back into control. And unfortunately, I've been there several times. And I know that feeling well. I'm going to tell you right now, in my opinion, I have that same feeling about the world, that we've lost control. Besides intervention from Almighty God, there's no control going to be regained Not by humans, because I'm afraid humans are the problem. And so I think we're skidding dangerously out of control. I know that every time that I've got out of control in a vehicle, which hasn't been very many times, but I live in an area where we get some ice and some snow and every once in a while going down the road and you just hit a patch of ice that you weren't expecting and you kind of have to do what you have to do. Well, fortunately, every time I've lost control, I've maintained just enough control that I could kind of steer the car in a general direction away from danger. In other words, steer it away from a bridge embankment or a deep ravine, that kind of thing. And that's the best that we're going to be able to do as we have to look at where we're going to crash and just hope that we can steer it in the safest place to crash that may not make sense to you but i think that's the best we're going to be able to do i'm going to be touching on many topics today and so i'm going to just be running through a whole bunch of things because unfortunately the world has just tons of issues but i'm going to start with world war three we now have chinese balloons going across our airspace we have people at the pentagon who are I don't know if they're compromised. I don't know if they're working for China. I don't know what's going on, but I'm talking to many people that really do feel from the bottom of their heart that nobody is home at the Pentagon, and we have foreign governments that are violating our airspace all the way through the country for days, and nothing is done. And their excuse of not bringing that Chinese balloon down because they didn't want to hurt anybody is ridiculous. Have you ever driven through Montana, the Dakotas, Nebraska, parts of Missouri? I mean, that whole area where that balloon was going across had just multitudes of miles where there were no towns and no houses and nothing was going to get destroyed because there was no buildings and no anything. The only thing that possibly could have got destroyed was something in nature. And so why didn't they bring it down? Well, that's for them to decide. But I'm going to tell you right now that that's a red flag. Now, you couple that with the fact that you may not know this, but the United States has kept Russia and Japan from formally ending World War II. Now, I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but it's true. Now, I've got to say this that when Soviet Russia declared war on Japan, Japan was just a shell of itself and had absolutely no way to defend itself against Russia. Russia came in way late just to get some land. And so they were scavenging. And that's my opinion, but that's what I think they were doing. Well, there's a sea of okay. H-O-T-S-K, Akhatsk is how I'm going to call it, the Sea of Akhatsk. And there's a group of islands that go from Hokkaido, Japan. You go northward, and now you are in Russia. And there's a chain of islands. They've had disputes there for a long time. The first dispute that I know of was in 1855. And in 1855, Russia lost, oh, a dozen or so islands. They're really small. If you want to count the really, really small islands, they lost around 20. And then in 1875, there was another line drawn, and it's at Kamchatka, is where they drew the line in 1875. Well, in 1945, Russia, Soviet Russia at the time, Pushed past the line of 1875 and 1855 all the way down to Hokkaido. And that's where it is today. There are several islands, the largest, which is Iterup. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But there's a lot of fish in that area. And so there's lots of fishing boats. And it's a very shallow sea. But what's been happening is Japan has been putting sanctions on Russia over the fact that. Russia recognizes the 1945 line, and Japan recognizes the 1875 line. Now, the 1875 line gives Japan the entire group of small islands, and the 1945 line gives Russia the entire group of small islands. That first island I mentioned, Iterup, is between the 1945 and the 1855 Line. Well, Japan wants their islands back very badly. Russia is not going to give them back. And so that's been going on for a long time. And when the peace treaties were signed ending World War II, there never was a former end of hostilities between Japan and Russia. Now, why am I talking about this? Germany has already violated the agreement that they made ending World War II concerning Russia. And I've seen video after video of Russian military equipment, tanks and so forth, all heading to Ukraine to fight Russians. And all of these military vehicles have the insignia of Germany painted on them. And so as far as Russia is concerned, from what I gather, they feel that the ceasefire ending World War II has been violated. And now with Japan pushing to get their islands back, the Russian Federation has made it very clear that there has been no formal ceasefire between Japan and Russia. See where I'm going with this? We thought World War II was over, folks. I think we're mistaken. They've already got all the groundwork laid. That's why I say this car is out of control, and we're just just circling wildly down the road. I didn't know about these islands that were contested between Japan and Russia, but I guess it's a real big deal. And Japan has joined the rest of the Western nations with very harsh sanctions against Russia. And now I know why Japan wants to join NATO. It finally makes sense why Japan would ever want to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. It's just, It just sounded silly to me. Well, it seems very obvious that there's a build-up to basically resuming World War II. I'm not trying to say any prophecies or anything here. I'm just talking about gut hunches. But my gut hunch is, is that all it's going to take is a very, very small little spark to ignite the gasoline fire that is waiting on those group of islands. And if the Russian Federation has to defend those islands. They're going to go from the top of those little islands all the way through the center of Japan. We're in really bad trouble with that. Now, that's an elephant in the room that I didn't know about, but it certainly is an elephant in the room. And the Germans being what I consider belligerent. You know, there's two Russian tanks that are from World War II that set out inside the, where the parliament meets in Germany. And I would guess that they put those tanks there as a reminder of World War II and what happened. And these German lawmakers have to walk past these German tanks every day. They go to work inside their government building. Why can't they see those tanks and what those tanks signify? And in that very building, they went ahead and voted to send tanks to Ukraine that have German markings on them. And I don't want to be a pessimist, and I don't want to spread fear. But if we are not ready for what's going to happen, it's going to run you over. And as a friend, and I really truly feel that the listeners to Truth to Ponder are my friends, fellow believers, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, friends, we live in a time that's just unprecedented in what's happening. The brainwashing, the propaganda was legalized by President Obama. It used to be illegal to do military grade psyops on our own people. That has been lifted. It used to be illegal for the American press to spread propaganda to the American people. That has been lifted. And so, why were those two laws lifted under Obama? And at the same time, Ukraine was basically had a color revolution that was pushed along by the CIA and MI6 and probably the Mossad and a few other infamous type of organizations. I want to expound on the psychological operation that's happening in this country. Now, do you realize that this transgender movement, if you want to call it that, is new? What about 1975? Were there gay pride parades and transgenders running everywhere, screaming that men can have babies? Absolutely not. How about 1985 or 1995? No. By 1995, you had the beginnings of some of the decay as far as the gay pride and all of that, as far as the militant homosexual agenda. And make no mistake, it's very militant. Just look at what happened at Oklahoma City, at the state capital of Oklahoma, very recently. But all of a sudden, we have a whole generation of young kids that claim to be the women, some of them claim to be feminists. But yet, they will fight for the right of a man to just claim he's a woman and compete in women's sports. Does that make any sense to you? Well, it shouldn't because it's total nonsense, but it is happening. But what is really scary about this is it's very real in the minds of these young kids. Have you ever watched a movie called The Manchurian Candidate? You really should see that movie. It's a good movie anyway, but it will kind of shed a little bit of light on what's happening to an entire generation. A generation that is confused, but they don't think they're confused. They think that all of us old-timers are very confused, and we're not enlightened, and they're enlightened. And what's happened is that we've had an entire generation of Americans stolen from us. The ones that are brainwashed, definitely, they've been stolen from us by psychological operations. Now, to those of you who might think I'm overstating things and that there really isn't any psychological operation, well, how do you explain the sudden rise of transgenderism? How do you explain the sudden rise of all the social decay? What about all the violence that we're seeing and the blind eye that's turned to the real problems? Like Chicago has real problems. Well, the whole United States does, but I'm going to pick on Chicago here. Chicago has real problems, and the leadership of Chicago is horrid. Why can't the people see that? Why can't people see the southern border as what it really is? Why are people turning a blind eye to the child trafficking? One of the reasons is is that we have been brainwashed as a society not to see these things and not to do anything about it. Like training an animal. If you want to train a dog, you have to first get his trust and so forth and so on. We as humans think that we're above that kind of conditioning, but we're really not. There have been billions of dollars spent by all sorts of psychiatrists and people that study human nature on how to control humans. And they're using everything in their playbook to do so right now. You are expected to think a certain way. All over the world right now, you have governments that are passing disinformation laws. And that's aimed at common people putting up like a Facebook or other social media post. If they say something that the government deems is disinformation, there are certain governments, especially in Europe, they're going to start cracking down on quote unquote misinformation. That's all part of the psychological operation. It's very well planned out. It all makes sense. It all lines up that they've been setting the table, so to speak, for a very nasty lunch. And the table was being set clear back to what I feel is George Bush, the first one, Papa George. I think that he's the one that got the ball rolling. I think that Bill Clinton was a willing participant. And remember when Bill Clinton gave all of our technology to China? And then when Obama was in, he gave, I don't know how much money, just billions of dollars, I think, to Iran. And ever since George Bush the I, with the cruise missiles and the different strikes that we've done all over the world, we've been almost at constant war with the world. And for that, the world absolutely does hate us. There is no, no question about that. In our culture, our society has decayed to the point of you don't even recognize it. In part two, I'm going to be talking about our social decay. I'm going to touch on it right here just because it fits in. When you add the fact that we have a large group of our population is asleep or they're zombified or they don't care, And another large group of our younger kids that don't know if they're male or female, they're just clueless. I've been watching videos of people trying to talk to these kids, and they have no ability to be critical thinkers. I don't know what's happened to them other than they've been very thoroughly brainwashed, and they're using the same techniques that Mao used. During the Cultural Revolution, when all of the people were killed in China, and all of a sudden, everything that was traditional in China was banned, and that's going to happen here. They're setting that up right now. They're getting an army of young people that don't know any better, that think that they're being told the truth, and the whole thing is just being set to fail on purpose, in my opinion. And then we have a military that obviously is not guarding us. We have a border down there south that they're not doing anything about, not really. Now I know there's border patrol agents down there trying their best to do their job, but their hands are tied. And now I'm hearing that the Canadian border is now getting very porous and many people are pouring across there. And my analogy here is either the Mongol hordes that went across Asia and Eastern Europe, or the barbarians storming Rome. It's the same type of a thing. Then you look all over the Western world, the Western culture, all these third world countries, you see, they call them caravans of migrants. Well, they're invaders. That's what they are. They're coming across the southern border, but they're not all from Mexico. They're not all from Central or South America. We have everybody crossing the border from Africans and Chinese and Europeans, and we have lots of people crossing that border. And child trafficking is now one of the biggest businesses in the whole country. It just makes you want to vomit. It really does. When you see the death of our Western culture, and that's what we're seeing, we're witnessing that right in front of our eyes. We're seeing the death of, Our culture, we're seeing the death of a lot of things here. And so we have to understand that God is our only refuge. Our only true place to go is to God. If you're one of those people that are on the fence or maybe are lukewarm as far as your walk with God, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think that we're living in end times? Do you honestly feel that what we're seeing is biblical when you take into account the wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and diverse places? And we have an awful lot of things that prophetically are lining up with the last days. So do you think that we are living in the last days? If you do, then what are you going to do? If you're asked to take the mark of the beast, what are you going to do? How are you going to survive? Are you just going to give up? Or are you going to take the mark of the beast? Or are you going to stand firm in your faith and know that the mark of the beast means death, not life? So we have an awful lot of things to consider. And Bob Beerman is definitely correct when he thinks that there's fast coming a time where we're going to need each other as far as Christian communities to band together to where we can meet each other's needs and so it's really time that we looked at things like they really are. You realize that your grandparents or possibly great-grandparents paid about three cents for a dozen eggs and while you might chuckle about they only cost three cents it's not that the eggs were cheap. You have to understand how that works. Now I know there's a rise in egg prices, it's abnormal. But in reality, it's just that our money is worthless. It's worth less all the time until it's going to be worthless. And they're trying to bring in this cashless society. And here's another analogy. If you have a herd of wild horses and you want to capture them, You can do several things to capture wild horses, but the easy way to do it takes the longest, but it's the easiest way to do it, is just keep restricting their range. Restrict their range with high fences, not enough to where the horses feel trapped, just enough to keep them where you want them. And then every week or so, you bring the fences in. And then after a while, you have the horses on maybe 100 acres or 200 acres. And you fenced them in an area that's what you would consider an area where you can defend those fences. Maybe it'd be a natural ravine, just something, or a cliff. It might be a mountain range or a sheer cliff that is blocking their way. But once you get them into where you want them, they're trapped. Now you can just go in and do what you want with the horses because there's no place for them to go. Now they'll run from you until they get tired and then they'll give up. Then they'll get herded into the trucks and hauled away. That's what's happening with us folks. We as a people, especially the American people, we're a bunch of hard-headed, very stubborn people with strong wills, just like wild horses. That's really how we are. We are that way. And one of the downsides of being that way is thinking that we're so independent that we don't need God. And so being that independent isn't the best all the way around. But in this case, just as American citizens, we've always been pretty hard to corral. You look at how our money is shrinking. You look at how they've taken our choices of health care away. You look at how they're mandating phasing out gasoline cars And you must do this. You must do that. You have to take these poison shots. And they're trying to take our cash away. And they want everything automated. And they're bringing in all this artificial intelligence. And can you feel the fence being constricted around you? Well, I can. And I'm afraid, in my opinion here, I'm afraid they've got the fence to where they've got us where they want us. All they have to do now is run us around in circles and tire us out. And how tired do you feel? I feel pretty tired, to be honest with you. But I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to surrender. I'm too stubborn for that. And also, I guess I've hit the age where I'm getting kind of cranky. I'm just done with the nonsense, and that's what we have is nonsense. And so we have to ask ourselves, what are we going to do when they really start tightening that fence? And the next thing they're going to do is, number one, make cash illegal. And number two, unleash another pandemic. Those things are already on the cards. And we have people that are not representing us in Washington. I don't know anybody that says, let's get rid of cash. I hate cash. You hate cash? Someone come up and handed you a $100 bill. Would you say, oh, yuck, I don't want that? Or would you take it? This idea that we hate cash, this idea that cash is bad, is another one of the psyops. And if you're one of those that are not awake, I'm just gonna tell you this. You're under the hypnosis of a psychological operation. Pure and simple. I've been reading documents and watching whistleblowers and seeing all sorts of really hard, pure evidence that we have a military-grade psychological operation aimed against the people of the United States. It's been going on for over a decade, and it's getting stronger. And before I go on break, I'm going to ask you about this Grammys awards show that was very satanic. Could that have been broadcast 15 years ago? The answer is no. And so we're on a slippery slope, and we're sliding down. So what are we going to do about it? Well, I've got a few ideas and I'm going to be sharing that in the second half of Truth to Ponder. And before break, I do want to mention that I would like for you to consider supporting Truth to Ponder with a donation. And you can go to the website, which is truthtoponder.com. Go over to the support tab and click that. And then you can electronically donate to this program. But if you'd like to support this ministry, old school, old school, You can send a check or money order. You would write the check out to ancient word radio and you would mail to truth to ponder PO box five one zero chill. Virginia two four three one nine. And I'll be back to pick
1: up where I left off. This is truth to ponder with Bob Beerman. The open yard coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is Jonathan Kahn, the Nice Jewish Boy, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. Receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. The Word for worship or thanksgiving, reverence In Hebrew, Yad or yada from, from the word Yad in Hebrew Which means, interesting, the open hand What is a, a worshipful person It's someone with an open hand? Well, what does that mean? What's the connection? Well, an open hand is a hand that gives it's an, it's, it's an open hand of an open heart An open spirit that worships God An open hand is a hand not only that gives, but receives See, the hand that gives, that's open to give Is going to be open to receive You see, the hand that closes, that doesn't give, isn't going to receive either. If you're born again, you are spiritually Jewish. That means your life is to be characterized by thanks. Because you know what the word also comes from this? Yehuda or Jew the word Jew means one who gives thanks as with an open hand with praise so you see when you give thanks to God you don't have anxiety when you give thanks to God you don't you're not worried you know you, you can't be worried and giving thanks at the same time to live a life that worships God has to you have to have an open spirit open hearted abundant life and you know what happens the more you give the more you let go the more you bless the more you worship the more you praise the more you you're generous the more you're going to receive the blessing because the one who has an open hand to give the blessings is going to be the one who has an open hand to receive them. The one who has learned the secret of the open Yod, the open hand. Want more? Ask for Fearless on CD. Now, the free gift for you, the mystery hidden for 2,000 years in the sands of Israel, better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's real. The mystery of the temple doors on CD, you'll love it. And Sapphire is your daily spiritual vitamin supply for victorious life in God. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me and bring the good news back to the people who gave it to you. To Israel and the unreached peoples of every tribe and tongue on five continents. You'll be, you will be blessed. But call now. It's one 800 bless and you'll be blessed. one yeshua one That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Here's Alex. So write the Nice Jewish boy, box 1111. Lodi. L O D I New Jersey. 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111. It's Lodi, New Jersey. It's 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Alechem. Peace be you, my friend, and Messiah. Messiah, the good and wonderful shepherd. This is Truth to
0: Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome to part two of the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Beerman today. And I sure wish I had more cheerful things to talk about but we have to understand while you're listening to basically all this garbage because that's what we're dealing with is garbage is that we do have a Savior that loves us our Heavenly Father loves us and so we have to understand that even though there's battles and struggles ahead of us we are victorious with the blood of Jesus But most of you know that I've been a professional musician. That doesn't mean that all I've done is sit and pampered myself and played music. If you would take a look at my hands, you would think I'd never touched a musical instrument in my life. I've got probably the most calloused working man hands of anyone that I know. Just whatever needs to be done, I roll up my sleeves and I do it. And that's one reason that I have decided to go into broadcasting, is that I for the most part, have been a man of action. And sitting, watching my country disintegrate and watching my God being mocked and my brothers and sisters in Christ being just horribly treated, I just can't sit back and watch. That's just not in my DNA. And so here I am trying to do my best to help as many people as I possibly can. But getting back to the musician part, that really is... My wheelhouse, if you want to say I have a wheelhouse, that would be it. I've seen a whole lot of things in my career. I've toured in the UK and in Scotland, and I've been all over the United States and Canada doing music shows and playing for all sorts of events. Got to play for President Ronald Reagan twice early on in my career. But I know the business, I know it really well. I've been in this business as a musician, as a songwriter. As a roadie, as an agent, as a producer, as a sound tech, I've done about everything in this business. So I've really done a whole lot of things with music. And so I think that I'm really qualified to have the following observations. There was a time, way back in the Middle Ages, that musicians were nothing but vagabonds. They were traveling troubadours. And people just acquainted a musician with a thief. And it was really hard to be a musician and get respected. And then when the great classical composers came along, where you had Beethoven and Bach and Handel and all the rest, all of a sudden, music rose to new heights. And the respect for musicians kind of leveled off right after that. And music was something that you enjoyed going to hear a concert, but it really wasn't a profession until Thomas Edison invented the phonograph. Then all of a sudden you had professionals that were singing into these great big horns and it was scratching up the music onto a wax cylinder. It was very crude. But all of a sudden musicians had some respectability. They were getting famous with lots of notoriety. And, of course, when the 1930s and 40s came along, it just went even higher in popularity. Then, of course, we all know what happened in the 1950s and 60s, where music was basically a way of life. Everybody had their favorite musician. Everybody had their favorite band, their favorite song. And people would have social events that were geared around music. And now let's fast forward to 2023. Here is where I'm going to give you my opinion of the state of society. Our society has fallen. And the reason I gave you that little music history, so to speak, was to give you a contrast. A contrast of a world where musicians struggled for respectability. A world where music was used in praise of God. Music was used as a way to lift someone out of poverty, to make somebody famous, to make somebody a lot of money, to give people lots of joy. If you're old enough, think of all the songs you grew up with that just gave you joy. And still today, when you hear them, you get happy. But today, I don't think it's a generational thing. I don't think it's because I'm too old to appreciate it. But as they would say over in the UK, it's rubbish. The powers that be that have control of the music industry have stolen that from we the people. There used to be a time where a song would kind of become a song of the people and then after a few generations it would be called a folk song because it was the song of the people. Nobody really knew who wrote it or who originally recorded it, they didn't care. They just liked the song. And so the song really Caught onto the soul of people. A perfect example of a song that is headed that direction really fast, that is beloved worldwide, is the song Country Roads, that was recorded by John Denver. Lots of people love to sing that song. That makes people feel good. It brings people kind of to a simpler time and place. People really do like that song. And also, it spans generations and people that don't even speak English sing that song at parties and get-togethers. So truly, worldwide, that's become a song of the people. Now, I'm not going down too much of a rabbit trail. I'm just trying to give you some parameters of how I'm judging things. Today's hip-hop culture and the electronic dance culture and the the heavy metal that's still out there and the, the punk stuff that's still out there, the music out there is basically... Music that is dedicated to Satan. Now, I know people thought that Elvis was the devil. I realize that. But I'm telling you that now it's wide open. Did you see the Grammys? Did you see that open worship of Satan? Now, I expect that from the people that we have in power in the music industry and the people that are quote-unquote artists, and the reason I say, quote, unquote, almost every one of these people you listen to, they use what's called pitch correction, to where if they sing off key, it'll automatically bring them into key. And who knows how many times they have to record something before they get it right. And who knows how many tracks they use, 10, 50, 150. It's limitless now. So you can do anything with a song. You can take a song and then scrub it through with all sorts of computerized equipment and And you could make a howling cat sound like Pavarotti. And so, how talented are these people? I don't know. I know that I've heard some of these artists live that I was looking forward to hearing them because I thought they were decent singers. Then, when I heard them live, I just had to cringe. Without their studio tricks, they were just nothing but cringe. I'm not going to name any names here, but those that go to concerts understand what I'm saying. And I think that just like the Canary that the Welsh miners used to carry down to them into the mines to make sure that they were safe, and then when the canary got sick or died they knew they had to get out of that mine. Well music is kind of that way with society. You know, if you're singing a happy tune or whistling a song, it reaches your soul, it reaches clear down to the marrow of your bones. And the things today that they are calling music is basically satanic chants. Social decay, calling people into worship Satan, calling people to do destructive behavior. It just isn't music anymore. And if you want to equate that music with a canary, the canary's dead. The canary has died. And so you have multitudes of people that are tuning out of music. Most people didn't watch the Grammys. It used to be like 20 million people would listen to the Grammys worldwide. It was under 2 million people watched this one. But that's a good thing, because it was nothing but satanic worship, pure and simple. And even CBS put out a tweet on Twitter that said that they were ready to worship with the Grammys. So I expect some bad things to come from that segment, because where it used to be clean-cut people that... Tried to sing their best and tried to look good, that tried to set fashion trends, no longer try to set any kind of trends at all as far as fashion. They dress like the basically homeless people, and they don't care how they sing, because if they're off key, they'll just let their technician take care of that. There's an awful lot of phoniness, an awful lot of just decay and rot in that business. And while someday the music industry might recover, it's not going to recover with the same framework that they have today. That is gone. It's done. And so if you watched the Grammys and saw this horrible spectacle that they did, it's just really, really sad. But one of the reasons I'm bringing it up today, not only is to point out just another part of our society that is going bad, is the fact that you have... I'm going to say quote unquote here. I don't want to make anybody mad, but I just got to say it as I see it. We have some quote unquote Christian musicians that sat through that. And then after that performance, went up and accepted Grammy Awards. If I was a Christian musician at that event, well, first of all, I wouldn't have been there because it was well known what they were going to do. I would say thanks, but no thanks. You can just keep that award. But if I was there, I would have walked out. I wouldn't have made a big show out of it. I just would have left. And when the Grammys called my name to give me the award and someone, it'd have to have someone accept it for me, I would tell them, keep it. I don't want to have an award from that kind of an organization because you don't want to tie yourself to anything today that is tied, openly tied to Satan. And the Grammys, if you were wondering if the music industry was tied to Satan, well, the Grammys pretty well was their coming out party. And also, the homosexual, transgender, whatever they want to call it today, was so prevalent. It just seemed to me like it was totally alien. I don't have any respect for these people. I don't support these people. And as a musician, I have to say that I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that I call myself a musician and they call themselves a musician. They might be famous and have lots of money, but I have an awful lot they don't have, and I'm proud of that. And this music industry is aimed at the kids, and so just like the child trafficking that's taking place everywhere, the music is aimed at your children. And so if you have children, it's best to turn the music off. It's best to expose your children to wholesome things good things because our children are very much under assault here. I restore old recordings and I've been working on recordings from the early 1900s. I just got through restoring one from 1913 and when I restore them I take all the impurities that I can out and I try to give the recording some renewed dynamics and try to give it more life. Because, let's face it, them old cylinders are pretty scratchy. And the song I just got through doing, I was able to really salvage that song. It's not CD quality, but it's very close. You can't hear any scratches or imperfections. And I was able to adjust the equalization on it to bring the different frequencies out and to cut some of the frequencies that were a little, let's say, harsh, cut them back a little bit. Now I was able to bring the vocalist out front. And to know that they did that recording with a great big horn scratching into wax is incredible. To know there was no mistakes made. The singer is perfectly on cue, perfectly in key. Beautiful, beautiful vocal. As a matter of fact, as good or better than anybody that preceded him in the 20th century. And the artist happened to be Charles Harrison, who is an Irish tenor. And what a beautiful voice. And as I listen to that beautiful music done by true professionals that make no mistakes, that do it in one take, that don't need any help from electronics in any way, shape, or form, I'm hearing another era where people were professional, where people did know how to do things. To where they got it right the first time. And just like with the price of eggs that used to be three cents and now they're, who knows how much in your area, five, ten bucks, a dozen, depending on where you live. And they used to be three cents. We used to have quality and true professionals in the music industry. And we used to have music that had a great message, a very positive message. And two songs that came about in the 40s and early 50s was the rubber tree plant song, which is very positive. And then, of course, I believe it was Bing Crosby that sang that we must accentuate the positive. All those messages are gone. They've been replaced with just horrible, horrible things. And so as I have this little talk with you today, I'm just trying to lay out some things around the world. That are things that we have to understand that are there, and we have to understand that we cannot stick our head in the sand. And so when it comes to music and pop culture in general, if you have children, you have to keep them out of that. You might say, well, kids are going to be kids. They're going to listen to what they listen to. Those days are over, folks. Well, you just can't lock your kid in the room, but you just can't shield your kids forever. They're going to hear it one way or another. You can't have that attitude. That attitude does not build good adults. That attitude won't cut it today. You're going to have to have a talk with your kids. Show them the difference between right and wrong, good and evil, and tell them the consequences. You know, here's something that isn't done much in the Christian communities not that I've heard, is that we serve a righteous God. We serve a loving God, but he's righteous. But also there is such a thing as the wrath of God. And believe me, the Bible is very clear that we are going to suffer the wrath of God. That doesn't make God abusive. That makes him righteous. Because you can't be righteous and turn your head and look the other way when evil things are happening. And so within your family, you're going to have to practice righteousness in your home. I know that kids will be kids, but parents should be parents. It's time for you parents to step up to the plate. Most of these things that we're seeing in society as far as society just rotting could have never happened in previous generations because there was better parenting. Because not only was there better music, there was also better parenting. And so as the globalists and the powers that be are trying to set us up to fail with food shortages and world wars, we have the other side of it, the culture part, the culture wars, where we're having our kids being corrupted to where they don't know if they're male or female. We have openly worshiping the devil as being entertainment. And every day, pedophilia becomes more mainstream. Remember when gay marriage was just a fringe thought? No one thought it was going to happen. Well, I'm seeing the same thing with pedophilia. And there is so much money now in trafficking people. That's happening, most likely, in your state, if not in your town. And not just a little bit of it, but a lot of it. Now, I hope that the parents don't think I'm picking on you because I understand the rules and regulations are changing just constantly on how and if you can even make your child behave or you can punish or can't punish. The Bible clearly says, spare the rod and spoil the child. And while corporal punishment should be the last resort, I think that taking the ability away from parents to use their best judgment in trying to correct their children is not a good thing. And so being a parent today is not easy. And of course your children are being told at school that if mommy or daddy touches you, you can call the police and they'll come help you. There have been instances where a kid that didn't get his favorite toy or didn't go to his favorite place to eat will call and claim that their parents were abusive and claim they did things they didn't do. I have several people in my life that I know that have been accused of all sorts of things from children that just had a vendetta against their parents. And so, as we have the inmates running the asylum, as far as this country is concerned, it even goes down to the kids, because the kids have the ultimate power over the parents. Now, if you think that swatting a kid in his behind is a horrible thing, I think it's a million times more horrible that the child can make false accusations and call the police and get social services and other agencies involved. It turns into a nightmare. And so I really have to say that I feel for the parents of today. It's really, really tough. That's why I say it's best. To homeschool and if you want to call it sheltering your kids i've got to ask you this question if your child walked outside in a hailstorm with big hailstones big enough to cause some damage would you let that child continue to be outside with hail hitting that child possibly going to give the child some cuts and bruises or would you run out and shelter your child Would you run out with a blanket and cover your child and bring the child in the house? Well, I would hope you would. Isn't that sheltering? Of course it is. Our children are the prize. Our children are what the evil people are going after. That is their goal. And so much worse than having hailstones pounding them on the head is the globalists, the new world order. Satanists and all these people, these transgender pedophile and all these predators out there that are targeting your children, then you say, well, they got to face it someday, so we might as well push them out in the world. That world is dead and gone. We don't live in that world anymore. We don't live in a world where you tell your kid, walk down two blocks to the park and play and come back home in two hours. You don't do that anymore. There's too many predators out there. We have to shelter our kids. And if you say, "Well, sheltering our kids will stunt their growth and stunt them socially," I would rather have a child that did not know of all of the evils that are happening out there until they were old enough to be able to handle it mentally. You do realize they're pushing all this transgender and all these sexual education. They're starting them in kindergarten. They're pushing things that our children, that our children's mental capacity is not mature enough to handle, and they know that that's part of the psychological operation. That's part of stealing your children. And so you have to shelter your children. There's nothing wrong with that. We can't think that a 5-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old or possibly even a 20-year-old, if we push them out into the world that's out there of psychological operations and predators and pedophiles and human traffickers and all of the fentanyl and the drugs, you want to take your beautiful, beautiful baby that you spent the years nurturing and raising and push them out the door and say, well, they're going to have to meet the real world someday, so let's just push them out there. Wrong move. Those days are over. There was a time where you had to do that. I've met an awful lot of children who were quote-unquote sheltered that were older than their years because they spent their time with responsible adults. And as they spent time with responsible adults, they naturally picked up the mannerisms and the wisdom of the adults that they were hanging around. So it is possible to raise your children in a responsible, adult-mature way. To mature your children to become what? What are you raising them to be? You're raising them to be responsible citizens and good people well-rounded people that can have success in life that is your goal and the goal of the people that want to steal your children from you at least steal their brain they have just the opposite they want your child to be miserable and to be mixed up and not know if they're male or female you have to understand that if you're a parent today you have the most important job in the planet We have government trying to raise our children. We have Satanists trying to steal our children. Parents, you have to double your resolve, do your job, and do it well. I know it's tough, but I know that you can do it. And furthermore, I know you must do it. I said I was going to give a couple ideas that might kind of come against this, and I have given a few ideas like being a better parent and keeping your children away from All of the satanic worship that they call music. And also Bob's idea of Christians getting together as informal communities to help each other. And I know I say this almost every episode, but we need to be in prayer. The Bible is very clear about trials and tribulations, especially for Christians. And if you think that being a Christian, everything is just green grass and blue skies well you're wrong it never has been that way but now is the time for us as Christians to answer the call now I know I live on faith and I really don't have any apprehension that I'm gonna fail some people might call me naive but I know where my power comes from I know where my strength comes from I know who my father is And I have 100% trust in Almighty God. Absolute unflinching trust. And I asked that question earlier about taking the mark of the beast. Well, count me out. I'm never going to take a mark. And I'm going to stand up against anyone that tries to put the mark on me or anyone else. And so I would say stay in prayer, but grow a spine. Strengthen your resolve, stiffen your upper lip, whatever, however you want to say it. We need to step up to the plate. In this time in history, we need some heroes and we need some people that are honorable to step up to the plate and do their part for their God and for their fellow man. I think that we are at that point in history. And so I hope that you got something from this show today because I always try to inform I try to encourage I don't like to come in a spirit of fear but I do see the big picture here and so please open your eyes open your hearts open your ears open your mind think outside the box because you're going to need to and I would ask for you to donate to Truth to Ponder. That's real easy to do. You just go to the website, which is truth2ponder.com. Click on the support tab, and it'll lead you through how to donate electronically. But if you want to send a check or money order, you'd write to check out to Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510 chill howie C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, virginia the zip code is two four three one nine and all donations are very much appreciated well until next time everyone stay safe stay strong stay vigilant but most important of all replace fear with faith this has been truth to ponder with bob bierman